Hello everybody, good evening. This week is Parshas Mishpatim, and we are now going to begin a, uh, hopefully a four-part series on Hilchas Nida, as it is the weeks of Shavavim, even though we only have um, a few weeks left. This is, uh, we have Mishpatim, Truma, and Tetzavah this year, so it's three weeks, but hopefully we'll cover within the three, uh, three out of the four weeks. Um, we hope, I hope to get through um, the majority of Hilchas Nida, at least as a quick review. This week, we're going to focus on how does a person become Anita, which essentially is beginning at the beginning. How does a person become Anita? What will, what is uh, different ways that a person becomes uh, the status of Anita? So there are three possible ways that I'm going to discuss tonight, and we'll investigate the difference between each one of them. The three ways are, number one, when a, a woman gets her period. Number two would be finding a kesem, a stain. And number three is when a person does a bedika with a bedika cloth and there's some blood on the bedika cloth. So those are three distinct ways that a woman can become a nida and they have different halachas and different applications. So we'll try to understand each one individually what the ramifications are. Again, the three things are when a woman gets her period, that's one way you can become tame. Um, finding a stain makes a person into a nida. And three making a bad bedika, doing a bedika and finding something on it. So the first way seems kind of obvious, and that's when a person gets their period. Now, although this seems obvious, it does get complicated, and that is when the period doesn't come in the usual way, which is currently a very typical thing uh, when people are on different forms of birth control, in particular the IUD. The IUD in the Mirena in, uh, specifically tends to affect a person's period, and it makes it behave erratically. Either it doesn't come at all, it comes very sporadically, it comes with very light, very light colors, and uh, all in all, it's not like a typical flow, it's not like a typical period. And therefore, it becomes very important to understand what exactly constitutes a period, what will define something as a period to that satisfy that requirement to make a person into Anita. Now it is, after all said and done, well, we'll go through what, the, what you should look out for, but it does tend to be a little confusing. Um, and the best, really the best way is, unfortunately, to be in touch with a Rav. That's, that's the best way to figure it out, especially when it comes, you know, each time differently, some less, some more, different times. Uh, and essentially what you do, you do need to be in touch with a Rav. And uh, I will say that I, Especially for this kind of Shaila, I, it is very easy to contact me. Um, you can, you don't have to bring in anything in person for this kind of Shaila. You can take a picture, you can email it, you can text it. Um, for this, this, this kind of question, whether something constitutes a period, I can usually almost always discern from a picture or from an email. Uh, my email and, and my phone is obviously very confidential. No one else gets to see it. I don't let my children play with it. So only, I'm the only one who, gets, who will see it. And likewise, another thing you can always do or, or with any kind of Shiloh, including this one, is you can put it in an envelope, write your number on it, and drop it in my mailbox, which is also confidential. It's right the black mailbox near the front door of my house. Um, or you can give it to your husband to bring me, etc. So any of those ways are all good options. And with many shilas, you can text me or you can email me, and I'll let you know whether that's enough or if you have to bring something in. So uh, 
ultimately, often when you have a question whether you're getting a period or not, or whether this constitutes a period or not, you will probably need to be in touch. But what I'll, I'll, I'll let you know what it is that I'm looking for, and this way you can keep in mind and know what the question is. So there's three parameters that I'm looking for, and this is what you need to pay attention to. Number one, is the bleeding or whatever it is coming often enough that you feel like you need a pad or you need a liner? So even if it's very light, but if it's coming regularly enough throughout even one day, that that day you feel like, okay, I need to put something on, so then that pretty much will constitute a flow. That, that, that means that you're having a flow. If it's coming with enough regularity that you feel, you feel like you need protection, so then it's probably a flow. That's the first thing to look out for. Number two, um, is it coming during the time of month that you would normally expect a period? So if it's coming during a regular time, that also would be another factor that would let, make us consider it a period. And number three, even if it only does come like one, once or twice with like a stain, but it comes when it does come, it comes with it a considerable amount. So even if it's just one stain, but it's a huge stain. And when I say a huge stain, I would say just let's say what's... Uh, Clearly a huge stain would be like a half a liner's worth, like a full half a liner. That's a huge stain. So if you get that much in one shot, so then that also would be, in and of itself, it would constitute a flow. But it's important to realize that this all is only if the color is red. It has to be red. Uh, if it's not red, then it's not a problem, even if it's a lot. And there are a lot of different colors, and just because something comes out, it doesn't mean that it's blood. And, and this is, I find this is a common misconception, that people assume that just because it has a color, even it could have a dark color, but it's not red. There's many other colors. There's dark brown, there's light brown, there's yellow, there's a lot of different colors, and they're all not a problem. The only color that's a problem is red. And even if a lot comes out, but a lot of it is another color, and only very little of it is red, it's not going to be a problem. And that's why it's always important um, to not necessarily give up and throw in the towel just because it has a color, it's worthwhile to ask. And again, all you need to do really is snap a picture and uh, email it or text it, and I can let you know pretty much most of the time whether it's an issue or it's not. So again, the three things that you need to pay attention to is, is it coming with enough regularity that you feel like you have to wear a pad or a liner that means that you're having a flow? It, what, what time of month is it coming? Is it coming when you're expecting a period? And three, um, is there a lot in a shot? Now, when you, whenever you do find yourself spotting and you don't know if you've become a needy yet, the first thing, obviously, that you should do is refrain from intimacy because that's always something that whenever there's any kind of spotting, a person should refrain from intimacy because finding, finding blood during intimacy is a terrible thing. So that's, not, that's something you always want to avoid at all costs. So, so that's the first thing that you do. But you don't have to start keeping harchakis. You don't have to do all the rest of Helchas Nida until you know that you've become a Nida. So when some kind of spotting begins, you're not sure what your status is, well, before you even speak to a rub, you frame from intimacy, and then you can try to figure out whether you're actually a Nida or not. And, and if you are, then you'll start uh, with harchakis. And then, this, then the next thing to start paying attention to is how often you're staining and how much. And that being the case, it's a good idea to switch liners, like when you're in that kind of situation where, you know, staining has begun and you don't know exactly how much and what your status is. So at that point, if you're going to wear a liner, switch it. So this way, if you just wear one liner the whole day and you check it at the end of the day, it might have a lot on it, but it might have, it might have been a bunch of small little, um, you know, stains throughout the day, which, which by itself might not make you into Nida, but now you found it all together, you have no idea whether it was one shot, whether it was different ones. So when, whenever you're in that situation, it's good to change more often than you typically do so that you can keep track 
of, uh, of what's going on. And once you have that information, you can then, you know, either ask the Shiloh or you can take a picture or you can drop it in the mailbox. Any of those options, as I mentioned before, is easy enough. And with that, we can figure out what your, what your status is. <clears throat> now, if any of these qualifications are met, which means that you've fulfilled the first kind of way of becoming Anida, which is getting your period, getting your period makes you into Anida without any restrictions, meaning we're going to learn that a stain, you know, it has to be on white and it has to be on a macabotum. None of those things apply when what's happening is that you're getting your period. When a person gets their period, that makes them, them into Anida in Hatira. That, that's the... the, the, the the you know the ultimate, so to speak, way of becoming anita, and there's no no restrictions on that. There's as long as it qualifies as a period, as long as we consider this a woman's period, then it will make you into anita. So none of the other things are important. Um, this even the you know the size of the penny is not a something that plays a role. If it's a flow, it it will make you into an into anita. Why this is it's a little technical, but that's that's the that's the way this rule works. So. Again, it's always important to be cognizant of the amount and the nature of the flow to know whether what's happening here is a period because obviously that'll have a very big ramification and halacha that it'll make you into a nida without having to f- uh, fill any of the other conditions. So that's the first way a person can become a nida is by getting anything which can, is, constitutes a flow, constitutes a period. The second way a person can become a nida is when they find a kesem, which is a stain. Now, that means that we're talking about a smaller amount of blood, certainly not a flow, not the period, um, and it was found on clothing or on linen or on a toilet bowl or on tissue, tissue paper, toilet water. All of those are some, and likewise if you find it on your body, which is a little bit rare, but it happens. So any of those will, be, will constitute a kesem, a stain, and stains are only a problem both when a woman is tahar, she has no previous nida, or when a woman is in the middle of the seven clean days, the shiva nikiyim, a stain is a problem either way, but it has to fulfill five conditions, five conditions, um, which are not hard to remember, familiar with them, but it has to fulfill five conditions, otherwise it's mutter. So a stain, if it's a stain, which means it's not a lot, it would need five conditions to be a problem. Number one is, again, it has to be red. Um, like I said before, there's a tendency to think that just because it comes out, it must be that it's blood. This is not true. Just because it's brown, it must be a problem. Also not true. I can't tell you how many times that people have brought me a Shiloh and said, you know, I don't even know why I'm bringing this. This is for sure no good. And then they show it to me and it's, it's good. It's fine. It's not even a Shiloh. So it's, uh, it, it's important to not give up necessarily just because it seems to have a color. It has to be red. And if it's not red, it's, it's totally permitted. Number two, it has to be on a white garment, white linen, white toilet bowl. If the item it is found on is a solid color of any kind <clears throat> other than white, it's permitted. Off-white is still considered white. Now, some um, pantyhose have a lining on the crotch, which is white. Obviously, that's going to be an issue. Um, others seem gray, but if you examine it closely, you'll see it's white and black lines. So uh, the white lines are a problem. It's actually an interesting halachic shiloh in how exactly you figure out the size in that situation, but it is an issue. Uh, remember, years and years ago, we had this shiloh in Berto Rav, and he gave us the... Um, suggestion to color it in with a black marker <laughs> before using it again not a bad idea or just buy a different kind so it has to be on white and if it's on white it's a problem if it's on any other color it is not a problem number three it has to be on something which is makabaltumma makabaltumma means it qualifies as a vessel or it qualifies as a garment in halacha which is 
a little complicated, you know, halachically, but for our intents and purposes, it's kind of straightforward. We don't have such complicated stuff. Our clothing is makabal tumah. Toilet paper, tissue paper, is not makabal tumah. So let's talk about a couple of different things which are not makabal tumah, because those are the minar, those are the things that we need to know about. So paper is not makabal tumah. So toilet paper, tissue paper, it's not makabal tumah. And a stain on those, again, as long as it's not too big of a stain, because if it's too big of a stain, then it turns into a period and then none of these things apply. But if it's not such a big stain, if it's a small stain, size of a quarter, maybe even two quarters, if that, that's red, that is a kesem, it's a stain, and a stain on something which is not makabotomo, like tissue paper, toilet paper, is okay. The toilet bowl itself, if some blood gets on the toilet bowl, it's not makabotomo. But the toilet water, that's a big question, that you have to speak to a rub, if that ever happens, if you find blood on the toilet water, that's complicated, and that depends on different... different um, you know, different things, so it would need, that need to be discussed with a Rav. Uh, there, you can take a picture in any of those cases and, and send it to a Rav if you're comfortable doing that, and, uh, or, or just try to describe it, and um, just realize that being in this business for long enough, that nothing phases me, it, do, it doesn't even register, <laughs> so that, that should, as far as I'm concerned, it shouldn't, that shouldn't stop you. <clears throat> so, likewise, a liner or a pad is not macabre and uh, therefore, it's always a good idea to wear a liner or a pad um, in the middle of Shivanikim as well. It makes this, the issue of staining so much simpler to uh, rule on. Um, but even putting that aside, it also makes the process of asking a shaila so much simpler. If you wear a liner or a pad, you don't have to go through the trouble of bringing underwear to the rav, picking it up. It's a headache. Uh, if it's a liner, you can put it in an envelope and then, you know, that's it, you're done. So it's just much easier. It's a, something I always suggest that it's the ideal to wear liners or pads during Shiva Nikim, and it, it makes the whole process a much simpler process. So th- those are things which are not makabal tumah. While clothing, linen, and most other things are makabal tumah, and that would be a problem with ksama. Number four, it has to be the size of a penny. This is referred to as a gris. So it has to be the size of a penny. Now, sometimes there are multiple spots, and this would be, and even they could be small or miss, you know, funny shapes. That's definitely something that a rav would have to rule on. But if it's clearly smaller than a penny, like the size of a jelly bean, uh, it won't be prohibited. It will be allowed. And number five, it cannot have come from anywhere else. So if a person has a cut, uh, or your husband has a cut, or any, it could have come from any other possible place other than Damnida, then it will also be, even though you don't know for sure, like it might or might not have come from there, but as long as there's a possibility it could have come from anywhere else, it's going to be permitted. So the five things are, number one, it has to be red. Number two, it has to be on something which is white. Number three, it has to be on something which is macabre tumah, which would exclude paper or a toilet bowl. Number four, it has to be the size of a penny. And number five, it can have come from anywhere else. So this is the second way that a person could become a nida through a kesem, through a stain. The last way a person could become a nida is when a bedika cloth comes out with a spat of blood on it. Now, bedika cloth is not a kesem, and the reason is, is because it's an internal check. Any internal check automatically takes it out of the category of a kesem, and now it's its, its own category, and it doesn't have any of those restrictions, which means Anything that has an internal check, a badika cloth being the most typical, but it could be a doctor's instrument, it could be a doctor's glove, anything that's checking internally, uh, even the tiniest amount of blood, it has to be red, but even the tiniest amount of blood will 
and can be a problem. Uh, there's no size restriction, there's no color restriction, there's no Dabra HaMakabal Tumah restriction. As long as it's an internal badika, as an internal check, and it went beyond the surface, it will be a problem, even the tiny simma. But it does have to be red, and again, that is why you would ask, always ask a shayla just to ascertain the color. Um, and if any, if that happens, if any that tiny drop of blood is found on an internal badika, it will start the nida process, and it would require twelve days to become tara, like any any time a person becomes a nida. <clears throat> now, when a doctor does perform an internal check, you are not required to ask them to look if any blood got on it. There's no requirement to do that. Just very often, you end up seeing. So if you, know, if you see something, then you do have to check. Uh, sometimes you see and you're not sure if it's red, and that's, that's when things get confusing. And that's, you have to consult with a, a rub. But you're not obligated to ask the doctor, can you show me your glove? You don't have to do that. And as long as you don't see, that's fine. So these are the three ways a person can become a nida. Number one is through getting their period, which we discussed how you qualify that. Number two is through a stain, ksamim, which has five... Um, conditions in order that it should be a problem. And number three, if an internal check, whether a bdika cloth or anything, that's the third way that a person could become a nida. Yes, Hashem, next week we will start talking about how you get out of becoming a nida. Uh, Shiva Nikiyim and Khafifa and Tefillah.